0: The views and opinions expressed by guests on Connected do not necessarily reflect those of Side Street Studio Arts. Episodes may contain adult language. Mm. Hello and welcome to Connected, the podcast from Side Street Studio Arts, where we talk to the community about the arts. I am Erin Rayberg, founder and executive director of Side Street, and I'm back with our Vote Local series about the arts and politics in anticipation of our 2023 local elections for city council and mayor. I'll be speaking to as many candidates as possible about their participation in and views on the arts and culture in Elgin. And today I'm joined by current city councilman, John Steffen. Hello, John, welcome.
1: Hello, thank you, Aaron. thanks for Um, having us.
0: I also wanted to add that John is a a trustee. Is that the right word, John, for the Palmer Foundation? Trustee and
1: administrator, yeah. So I guess both those roles.
0: Got it. For the Palmer Foundation, which has been a a funder of Side Street since the very beginning. So we're just throwing that out there as well. And we'll dive right in to your Elgin story, John. You got a a long, (laughs) long Elgin story. So tell (laughs) me. How much time do
1: I have? I guess that's what I should (laughs) ask. Well, I'll try, to, I'll try to summarize. So I'm, I was born and raised here and lived most of my life here. I have lived all over town, actually. Now, and you made me think of that. Um, when I was born, my parents were living in an apartment at 384 Park Street. So they were like two doors down from Old Main. Building a house in Eagle Heights, which was a new subdivision in that year, which I won't mention. But um, so they built a house and we lived in Eagle Heights for 16 years. And then Lived in the far west area, unincorporated, Elgin, almost around 47, because my dad and apartment partner bought a farm, 178 acres, and part of that they carved off and turned into a subdivision. Um, so that was an interesting ex- exposure and experience. It was with the county, not with the city, but just seeing how all that went. Um, and we lived out there. My dad built a passive solar house in 1980, so wow. probably before most of your listeners m- might have been <laughs> born even, And uh, I helped him with that. We moved out there, um, lived out there through high school and college and law school until I got married. And um, then since I've been married, we've lived in various neighborhoods on the east side of Elgin. So kind of all over. And when I got your questions and was thinking about what I wanted to say, I know this is all arts and culture related. So little bit about my upbringing which this really made me think about which i hadn't in a long time Um, i was lucky to have parents that were very much into arts and culture and so i got a lot of experience um one was uh i went to first or i'm still a member of first congregational church and a member there was dana swan who was a very well-known uh and acknowledged watercolor painter and i actually got to take classes from him saturday mornings at the church my mom was a painter and did lots of watercolors um and so that was an experience that now that i think about it i appreciate it um a member of our church owned a uh what was called the clay pot it was on slop hill i'm dating myself and maybe some of your listeners too but it was a storefront on that hillside of lawrence avenue going up from Route 31 State Street, up that hill to the railroad tracks. And I learned how to throw pots and fire pots and kilns. Um, My parents made sure I took piano lessons. So I managed to do that for, I think, eight years, but that might be a little too much. Played in the orchestra in Kimball, then junior high. Um, So I've, you know, just thinking about arts and, exposure um, and kind of bringing out that part of my upbringing, it was certainly pretty enriching. Um, My parents were season ticket holders with the symphony and I was dragged to the symphony and I'm going to use that verb literally because it, you know, Six, eight, ten years old—that's certainly not where you want to go as a kid.
0: I had a very had similar experience. experience. Now I go yes. of my own accord, but yes, growing yep. up I was all right. <laughs>
1: yep, but but it's come back. Uh, yep. full circle. Now I certainly appreciate having that symphony in town, mm-hmm. and um, certainly support them in all the ways I can, including the Palmer Foundation. So it's it's um, kind of a full circle. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, it's kind of a it was it, it was nice to get your questions and have to think along those lines, which I hadn't done in a while. So, I appreciate that.
0: You are running for re-election. What what number re-election is this?
1: This is number 5, which I'm almost embarrassed to say because that <laughs> although I will I will put it out there, I'm certainly not in the running for Bob Gilliam's record, which was 10 terms. Um, but I'm I'm running for a fifth term. I uh, you know, I kind of mentioned it in answering the first question. My parents were always involved in the community, and I just grew up um, in that environment, where you know that's just kind of second nature. So it's it's kind of a logical extension of that, having grown up in that environment. Um, I've always been involved in kind of my neighborhood or things that are going on around me. Um, when I got back to Elgin. Uh, Been a Qantas member since 1991. We just had a fundraiser this morning at the local Applebee's. Actually was very, very successful. Um, Helped found the DNA of the Downtown Neighborhood Association with Ruth Munson in 1998, which, again, is starting to date myself. Um, Recently, I've been on the formation board for Elgin Community Bikes. I, I bike a lot. That's one of the ways I get some exercise, and I'm trying to cut down my use of cars I between my work and my house is about a mile exactly and um, in addition to walking that sometimes I'm trying to bike and so I was happy to get asked to help them get off the ground and successful which I think they have been in large ways so um, that's a nice thing just those kinds of things um, and then a, my role in the Palmer Foundation uh, something I've kind of moved into Certainly has put me kind of in a lot of ways right front and center with some of the arts groups in town because we've been, you know, encouraging them and and uh kind of supporting them and, and getting things going with them as well.
0: What's that balance like, John, as as you know, coming <laughs> from that with that Palmer Foundation hat on and making financial and business decisions and things like that on behalf of the city? Where where's your thought process going and where do you find the balance there?
1: Well, I I know I'll never be the council liaison to the cultural arts commission because that that's a little too close <laughs> and I think it's it's running well and, and and doing well and um you know it's 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 always a tight line it's always kind of a fine line to, to, to walk sometimes um you know up until recently uh, most of the executive directors of some of the arts groups I worked with didn't live in town and I don't you know I don't promote my council position and talking to them and that's always helped but you know we we certainly try to remain low-key we don't you know it's not our goal uh, at the foundation to promote ourselves but we're just trying to get that going and and keep it sustained um meaning arts and culture in Elgin so that's kind of been my role
0: and then when it comes to being a city councilman, are there times you have to step away from a conversation um, or abstain, you know, e- even ha- how do you walk that line?
1: Yeah. Well, I haven't been to the point where I've had to abstain, but certainly have to disclose it. Um, some of the conversations, uh kind of jumping right into some of the issues, like the Hemans expansion that recently was passed, um, Personally, I mean, I having grown up going to that um, facility my whole life. Essentially, I mean, I remember my mom was in the JCS, and I remember sitting in the chairs watching them practice every other year when they did their uh, follies. I think it was called. Growing up as a kid, I mean, the it was, it's over fifty years old, and certainly probably way beyond the time for uh, update and kind of modernization. So um, that was certainly something that I supported. Because having that facility, you know, up-to-date bathrooms on the first floor, which, of course, is what everybody um, calls for and and something that we're going to solve with this expansion and modernization that's going on. Um, It certainly helps all the other arts groups in town that use it. Um, Hattie Hemmons had that stipulation in the the, uh, grant that she gave to have that thing built, that it has to be used by community groups. And so that certainly happens a lot, a lot of dance troops, uh, a lot of theater groups, children's theater and others get to use it. So all of that is kind of uh, very um, important and I'm glad to support it.
0: What are some other topics beyond arts and culture that you feel passionately about that keep you running, running for re-election <laughs> yeah. on that city well, council? <laughs> well,
1: there. It, it, sometimes it's hard to believe, but there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, um, studies that are being done or, or plans that are just getting done. Like we're, we're just finishing up a strategic plan. So as a community through the council and, and all the input and sessions that have been done, we're trying to create a new th- three-year strategic plan, which will guide every decision that we make uh, kind of as uh, kind of in the background, but not too far in the background. Parks and Rec is doing an updated needs assessment and plan. I know, um, the Cultural Arts Commission has a survey out. They're trying to get input on what has to happen with them going forward. The special events kind of has done a reset and pause some of the events to see whether they should do them again or maybe switch to some others. Downtown, the DNA is doing a new master plan. I was around back when the first one was done in 2000. And so that's long overdue in my mind to have kind of a new vision and, and work plan for the downtown. So there's a lot of that going on. That's, that's one thing. Some others, um, sort of the homeless, I've been, you know, plugging away at that, like some others on council for several years, we've allocated some money this year in the budget to do some tiny houses or some other sort of rapid rehousing, um, Most people, their exposure to the homeless is seeing the tent cities that have sprung up in various parts of town or the guy that sits in Carlton Rogers Park with all his possessions and drives people nuts. (laughs) But we're trying to, you know, be a little more proactive and less reactive and and start moving uh, the ball forward so we can, you know, there's some other there's some options that are coming forward by kind of setting that money aside. And we're hoping that something will happen in the next year or so. So homeless certainly is, a, is an issue. Uh, what else is going on? I'm trying to think off the top. <laughs> your, your
0: list is is reminding me why I'm surveyed out. I'm I'm tired of taking surveys right now, John.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm sure some people are. <laughs>
0: Um, but the homeless population of Elgin is something you all have been talking about and working on for a number of years at this point. Is that right?
1: Yeah, it's it's been, well, COVID and the pandemic certainly didn't help with anybody's efforts to get anything done. So there's a year and a half, two years that everything was kind of put on hold like everybody else's lives. It kind of just sad. Uh The point in time count was Thursday night I was supposed to go out with with Scott Williams and others in the police department. And I actually went to a a live performance of a play at the synagogue and got so kind of wrapped up. It was all about the Holocaust. So you can imagine how heavy that was. And I just kind of got wrapped up in that and the discussions afterwards, I completely forgot that I was supposed to go out, but the the counts are holding steady. We're in the, you know, low forties, um, you know, around, you know, between 35 and 50, uh, Luckily, the, the we haven't seen an explosion in the the outright homeless, the people that are out literally outside. But as everybody quickly points out, and I will, too, you know, there's a lot of near homeless. There's a lot of, you know, homeless, but in, you know on somebody's couch or sharing bedrooms or rolling a mattress out on the floor at night and rolling it up in the morning. So, um, you know, housing in general is another thing. Um, talking about issues that are important. Um, I was appointed to the housing, the housing authority of Elgin as the city liaison, um, shortly after Bob Gilliam passed and after he had been on there for decades. And in about the last nine, 10 years, we've had some success in building more housing, uh, affordable housing, uh, but most of it's senior, most of it's um, for you know age restricted, 55 and older. And surprisingly, uh, given the history that I know, um, a lot of this is being done up and down the Fox Valley and communities that used to resist heavily affordable housing. Um, we've got projects that were completed in Sugar Grove, I think two in Batavia, two in South Elgin, one in West Dundee by Spring Hill. Um, and so we're looking for more. We've got we've actually contracted with two development teams to try to find us two different projects, and we're getting close to having some, but not in Elgin, and not because the, the effort hasn't been made to look in Elgin, but it's just – with the sky, the size of the projects that we're looking at, they have to be, you know, two acres or more of land that's vacant and available, and so it's just finding sites is the hardest part. But that's something I've been working on and, and kind of focusing on through my work with the Housing Authority of Elgin.
0: And the, I mean, you know, of course we're we're. Talking today specifically about the arts and culture, but all of these things are braided in together, um, you know, cost of living, uh, people feeling safe and comfortable and every citizen of Elgin having opportunity and places to go and and those sorts of things are something we talk about in downtown Elgin all the time it extends beyond that so we we can't talk about these things in silos they ha- you know they have to be braided right. like weaved right. into and out of each other when when people are coming through and passing through and also living here together as a community so I appreciate you. Right. Well, information.
1: I, I, I'm reluctant to admit it, but I am old enough to have kids that are of an age now where they're, you know, considering where to locate, where to make a life, where to buy houses if they can. And, and, you know, so I'm getting hit right, you know, full on with what they're facing, which is housing is just so unaffordable for somebody in their age group right now. So that's a problem in addition to the homeless. I mean, kind of a related but different aspect of that issue. So yeah, I mean, the, the generations that are coming up are just facing all kinds of different challenges, especially with the housing and prices.
0: And so much of what the city is trying to do artistically and culturally, Side Street, many other excellent groups, organizations, individuals in Elgin are trying to do things that are free and low cost so that the arts aren't a luxury, that they're a necessity, they're they're a part of our daily lives. Um, you mentioned a lot of creative endeavors you've been involved in and supported. I didn't know if you wanted to to mention any other things, you you frequent in Elgin, and then and what is that? What is that role of the city and the creative community? What's the city's job in supporting a creative community?
1: Well, we certainly, uh, at a minimum, we can't be an obstacle. We can't be with the things we're doing or the rules that we create or the ordinances creating barriers. Um, and so, when those issues come up we have to be creative and, and I've seen that in several instances I know you guys have, Side Street's had some issues with liquor licenses and stuff and it's nice to see that those things can be worked out because you want to be supportive um, I, I think and, and I agree with some others on council that you know we've invested a lot of money in Festival Park we need to try to get some more things going on there, we found a grant that helped us Redo the promenade, um, and so that's an area that is just right for use. And I know side streets moving like right on that, and it's going to be probably key to you know what happens there. And there's a new restaurant that's about to open with a huge patio on the backside, which means that they're going to be looking towards the river as much as they are towards Grove Street. So that's nice too. But those are examples of things that I think we need to do. Um, I was just, well, that was probably the last thing I did before the pandemic hit way back in 2020, but I got to Cincinnati and got to spend a weekend there. And one of the things that struck me there was the murals they have all over their buildings. I know we've got some efforts to do that here. We're we're starting with, uh, you know, like traffic signal boxes and some other things. And, and I think that's a, there's an opportunity there for more in, in this town. So I'd like to see that kind of take off as well.
0: I love, of course, I love the idea of the city trying not to be an obstacle. Of course, you know, there are rules and needs for them and, you know, and legalities and things that must be attended to. Um, but it is, it, it you know can stop someone dead in their tracks i think i've even told you before if it wasn't tanner and me at the beginning i would have quit a long time ago because when i was beaten down by bureaucracy he'd be like you know leading the charge and vice versa you know finding ways to streamline everything from what it takes to open a small business while doing it safely and and all of that, as well as, you know, host an event in a place like festival park and things like that. It's, it's greatly appreciated when we try and iron out some of those wrinkles or or get rid of some of those obstacles that, that really can feel, you know, like a creativity smusher (laughs) at times.
1: Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, I'll give credit to staff. There's some people over at city hall that are working on right now. They're working with some forms, online, they're trying, you know, make it more user-friendly and and internet-based and streamline some things and maybe even put it into a diagram. Here's, you know, here's the flow chart. Here's what you have to do. And I think that will help, you know, it's too late. Well, maybe it'll help with your new space, but you guys had to go through, (laughs) like, as the test case or even worse back when you got started um, as an arts group trying to just establish a new physical place, uh, and in the downtown to boot, uh, where there's, you know, all these other things that are going on, but I'm hoping from that experience, we'll, we'll have abilities to make it much more user-friendly and easier to, at least to understand if, if maybe not easier, but at least to know why things are the way they are, and, and hopefully through that, make it a better experience, honestly.
0: I appreciate sharing that why, right? Because sometimes if if you're just able to say why why I have to do these five more steps, it can kind of ease that a little bit versus, you know, the just because, because I said so sort of <laughs> conversations that happen sometimes. Um, you mentioned at a young age, individual artists kind of played into your interest in the arts and cultural activities around from, you know, the clay-making, pot-making to the uh, painting. What are you seeing from individual artists in our community now? Are, are you seeing them flourish? Are you seeing them being supported? Um, what does that look like in Elgin to you from your perspective these days?
1: Well, comparing now to then I, I think it's much better. I, I'm seeing a lot more groups form. I'm seeing theater groups come to town and set up. I think the arts showcase has been part of that. Um,
0: What's the Elgin Art Showcase for people who don't know?
1: Yes, it's the top. Well, right now it's, it's um, a city sponsored uh, performance art space. Right now it's on the eighth floor of the professional building, um, which has its upsides and downsides. One of them being it's, I think the, the maximum crowd, uh, audience size is 50 people, but um, you know, they, they, Clearly have a success story to tell. They're, they're booked out almost well. I think every weekend and certainly most of the weekdays, which are harder to book, but they are booked out. I think over a year and a half. Is, I think is the last time I heard. Lots of different arts groups. Um, you know, just helping me to create that environment where there's lots of things going on and opportunities for people to perform or uh, showcase something. Um. We've been looking at new spaces to maybe have a bigger space and a bigger uh, house so that more people could enjoy these things that are being put on. Uh, We haven't had any success yet, but I think that effort is ongoing. We're going to continue to do that. Um, So that's an example of something that I think the city can continue to do to foster the arts.
0: I love, love the professional building and love the showcase. It was my first dance studio growing up, um, you know, but they're, as with all our beautiful old buildings, there's ups and downs. <laughs> and to, and yes.
1: To- <laughs> and just, just the layout is, is um, tough. Because you've got the reception room in the back and the performance space in the front and kind of the storage in between with the bathrooms and elevators kind of creating a choke point. But it definitely has its charms. It's a, it's a very unique space.
0: What else would you like to see going on in Elgin that, that we're not doing right now? Anything else? You know, you mentioned bringing the festival park action back, which is wonderful and uh, promenade activities. Anything else you'd like to see?
1: Well, let me, let me frame it differently. What, what I like, what I've seen recently, which is great is arts groups, that were traditionally little kind of in their own world, um, classical music-related arts groups, I'm thinking specifically, have, have really changed or trying to change and embrace this community for what it is and who's here and what what the makeup is. Um, <clears throat> I see that with the uh, Master Crowley. I certainly see it with the ESO and the Youth Symphony. Um, they're just trying to... Be a little more responsive to the community which I think is nice it's nice to see and I think it's necessary to you know try to be relevant and something that people want to partake in and go to see and and um, be a part of going forward in the future so I, I, I like that um, I'll give a plug to Side Street you guys do Battle the Bands I mean there was <laughs> as uh, as a I don't know, sort of father uh, to some kids that um, ended up in a band and were trying to make it and are coming back to do a fundraiser for my reelection campaign, of all things. But seeing the difference between when they came up and what's going on now with you guys having battled the bands there's just more opportunity for those bands and kids that want to do that and and foster those um, artistic, you know, urges they can get into a band and they have an outlet now because you've got those things going on so they get a crowd they get a contest they get people voting for them and it's it's a nice thing it's a nice change
0: yeah, I didn't get to make those, those mistakes or feel that performance light until I was much older. So I right, super right. appreciate right. the kids coming in and like having a crowd scream for them. And right. yeah, I, I yeah. can't even imagine, I get a little emotional about it during Battle of the Bands.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, so I do too, kind of. And and the other thing, you know, I'll keep plugging sides to your because the other thing you guys have been doing is those art contests where, you know, painters and Art clash. Yeah. People, you know, they get to, you know, exercise their artistic creativity, but they got to do it in a, in a kind of a challenging environment with lots of people walking around and it's, it's a nice scene. It's, it's fun. People, I see people getting into it when i visited those. Those are nice. Yeah.
0: John, is there anything else you want us to know about you or your campaign uh, before <laughs> I cut us off here?
1: Well, I, at this point I'm not up to, I'm not all that, um, up to date on the social media. So I don't have like a webpage or a site to go to. Um, so I I think I'll save that until I get somebody to get that (laughs) worthwhile to go visit. So, um, I don't think I want to kind of call that out. And I'm, I'm happy to serve. It's, it's something that's kind of in my nature and, um, Looking forward to support and a vote on April 4th. I guess I'll always make that pitch. Always looking for votes on April 4th when the election is. So I'll leave it at that.
0: I'm sure you'll agree with me. We could use some more people voting in Elgin.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. We are getting elected with, I want to say, a roughly 4,300 votes.
0: And what's our population?
1: Yeah, well, we have 115, 120,000 people, but the voting age is something around 68,000 people of voting age that should be voting, eligible or, or possible voters. And yeah, you're getting votes, you know, people, a turnout of, I think it's like 5%, 8%. It's really, really sad at the local level. Yes. So I would agree with you there. Yeah.
0: Uh, what are some other ways people can find out more about you you mentioned an event you're having um how else can they find you
1: yeah they can well um they can get a hold of me at my um email which is jstefanstefanlaw.net um I don't have a separate campaign email um we are having an event um we've gotten access to my parents building and we're going to have a, a event in their loft space they Moved downtown back in 2000 and did this great loft space. Um, and so we're going to have a band. It's called Holly. It's uh, a couple of kids, like I was saying, that grew up with my kids and I've known them. I still call them kids. I think they're 30 years <laughs> old now um, or close to it. And then they're going to come out and do a concert on a Sunday afternoon. It's a week from tomorrow. It's February 5th at six o'clock. And so if people are interested, they can certainly get a hold of me. And I'll try to get them tickets or get them hooked up to where they can get tickets. Yeah.
0: Thank you very much. Early voting starts yeah. Monday, March 20th. Um, Tuesday, April 4th is your, your uh, big day. We want to encourage everyone yep. to get out and vote local. These local elections are very important and there's, there's a whole crowd of you running this time around. So
1: There's yeah. 10 of us running for four spots, um, which actually is not, unusual that's pretty much how it's been in the last four elections before this about that many and two people running for mayor right so yeah there's a crowd and and there's an opening uh because one of the incumbents is not running for re-election so there's already one seat that's available and so and they're all out at large so nobody you don't run in a specific ward or uh, area so it's at large top four vote getters are in so I
0: think it. when I was, I think it was Rose, when I was talking with Rose, she mentioned something I hadn't thought about before that, that, that means you're not really running against each other. You're all, even right. if you're all kind of running to get as many votes as possible. And then how it shakes out, it shakes out. It that's, It's just an interesting right. way to look at it that I've never looked at it that way before.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Yeah. Stefan,
0: thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate yes. it. Yes. Well, <laughs> thank for you for having me. me. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Be sure to follow and like this podcast and all the side street things everywhere. And do not forget to vote local. Get out and vote. Thank you, everyone. Bye, John.
1: Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Erin.
0: Connected is a Side Street Studio Arts production. Music by Tanner Nolan. Produced by Nick Mataragas. To find out more about Connected and all the great things Side Street Studio Arts offers, please visit sidestreetstudioarts.org.